we're here. We're ready. We're ready. And we have the lovely Ellen Masson. I did exactly what I wasn't going to do and I sat <laughs> way back on the couch. It's oh! all good. It's all anyway, good. Anyway, we're in the lovely Flourish offices at Kirribilli, sitting across from each other in real life. It's this a real so treat. Nice. That's so good. Real <laughs> thanks person. For, thanks for having us in yeah, your space. You're welcome. No worries. <laughs> would you like to, do we want to start with the best thing you ate this week? Or are we going to get you to say who you are? Tell, tell us, you, introduce yourself. Who are you? Who you are. <laughs> oh, and, do, and why would we be interested in talking to you? <laughs> Maybe that can be oh, your framework. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like really, I find it very hard to like boost myself up. So when well, people are like, you, why would you talk to me? I'm like, I don't know. I don't do you have know. any reason to? No. <laughs> people well, figure that out very no. quickly. If, if you don't already know, um, your podcast, is it Into yes. the Red Zone? Yes, That's it right. is. We yeah. both love and listen to your podcast, Aww. which is why we're talking to you because you're actually probably a little bit better at this than we are. <laughs> so. I give the illusion potentially of being slightly, yeah, no. slightly more put together than the podcast ever is, trust there me. You That's you all right. So you are, how do you describe yourself? Um, I am, yeah, how so I'll, I'll talk a little bit about myself. Um, my name is Ellen Masson. I'm an exercise physiologist by trade. I've been in the fitness industry for over 10 years working in different um, different positions. So I've been a personal trainer. I've been a strength yeah. and conditioning coach. I've worked in commercial gyms. I've seen it all. Yeah. <laughs> Live to tell the tale. Live to tell the tale, just barely. <laughs> <laughs> fitness industry almost took my soul. Um, and I'm these days really passionate about helping people rebuild a positive relationship with exercise. And that can look like different things for different people. Yeah. Um, depending on their journey and where they're at, I have a little studio space inside Flourish, which is called Your Movement Space, and it's a size-inclusive space where I aim to hopefully provide um, healthcare that's orientated around movement uh, for people of all diverse body shapes and sizes. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Well, we spoke to um, Shelley Lask, personal trainer, this morning, and she was saying that um, some research came out that most people are able to stay in the fitness industry about 18 months. Yeah. So 10 years, that's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, exactly. not, I'm not surprised, unfortunately. No fault to the people entering the industry. Yeah. It's just no. not, um, we're, they're not given enough resources or skills or tools to actually um, be in front of the people that they end up being thrown yeah, in yeah, front of yeah. and it's just overwhelming. Yeah. So and very similar to dietetics. Yeah, yeah. And taught <laughs> that and yeah, taught that basically they're a weight loss coach rather than a personal trainer and that yeah. if their clients aren't, if bodies aren't changing either, they're a bad coach or bad trainer, or their client is not compliant. <laughs> so yeah. pretty yeah. negative. Um, but before we get more into that, what's the best thing that you ate this week, Ellen? Oh, my God. What is the best thing that I ate this week? Right. Um, Dig deep. Do you know? <laughs> Look, it's, it varies. Sometimes it's been an, I've been an apple or it's been best yeah. cheese cake you know, or all sorts of different things. I've been – it's not this week. Um, That's it's slightly true. past this That's week. Right. but it's what, stayed, what day it is anyway, Exactly. Right? It's what stayed in my head. <laughs> But my nana for Christmas makes this like amazing like Christmas pudding and I'm still thinking about it. It's one of those like she goes all out, she does the whole rag, like it's made over a month. It's just like soaks the fruit forever and ever. (laughs) And every year it's like the best thing I eat every year. So custard without custard? With 
cus- brandy custard and brandy cream. I'm a oh. both kind of person. Yeah. Put it all. In fact, you just have a seat underneath. A lake. <laughs> I go back for custard and I yeah. have my family one nice. for sure. I love the custard. So that's been Hot still on my mind. Uh, my family's in Coles. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually the podcast. <laughs> it's pretty veggies. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> hot, put- hot pudding, cold, cold, cold custard. Yeah. Hot pudding, hot custard. <laughs> totally ripping off James O'Caster and O'Gamble. <laughs> See, we're also we're a hot custard family as well because oh, mum makes it yeah, and then yeah, it goes yeah. straight in the jug and on the table. Right. Nice. Beautiful. Yes, nice. Yeah. Oh, Christmas pudding. Yeah, Yum. Christmas pudding is so good. I'm still, <gasps> I'm still sad that that portion of that is yeah. over yes. yeah because it, it really is like a lot of the food that comes out at christmas that people are like oh it's a christmas food you can get all year round yeah i know you can but, but not christmas that. you're not yeah. going to spend a month making gonna, a christmas food exactly. in you know, you're like um, 82 year old nonna isn't gonna be like you know <gasps> yes. absolutely slogging yourself in, yes. in the kitchen that's every year, year. that's a one year job exactly wow. Wow. Lovely. So um, I guess we'd be really interested to hear how it was that you came to practice in the way that you did. Like, did you go into the fitness industry with more like a really typical sort of aesthetic health and fitness mushed like so closely together you can't pull them apart? Or did you go in already with that sort of view around health and weight and size being not as connected as we've been to believe? Um, That's a great question. Um, I'm a rambler, so if you need to pull me back on this, please do, because I could probably talk, tell, this could be the whole podcast, just this fine. story. I just asked you whether you had hot or cold coffee. It's fine. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so, uh, I guess when I, I guess to start off with, it's important to mention that I had an athletic kind of background going into, like, wanting to be in the health and fitness industry. I played like, not like professional netball, but I played like a high grade of netball. And for Mm -hmm. a long time, I really wanted to like be a professional athlete. Mm. Um, And so when my dreams of, funnily enough, randomly being a designer, (laughs) which is what I wanted to do when I left university, fell out. (laughs) I know, very, very random. My mum was like, oh, well, while you're figuring shit out, why don't you get a job in a gym? Like Mm. you've always been active like you know that might be a nice place for you to be while you kind of figure out what you want to do um and so that kind of (laughs) happened I got a job in um a very commercial commercial gym of fitness a very big fitness first in the sales team is where I started um and so I saw a whole side of the fitness industry the vulture side of the fitness industry in the sales world um targets for memberships and stuff like that and using motivational interviewing techniques to make people feel really shitty about themselves um and it 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 looking back it was like I did well in that role because I'm a fairly authentic or I try to be a fairly authentic person um but I wanted to get out of that role as soon as possible then I ended up in reception and then when I was kind of there I was like oh Maybe I want to do something in health and fitness. I'd been dabbling in doing the whole thing that people do when they go into gyms, which was like, I'm going to hide in the corner. Don't look at me. Yeah. Don't interact with me. I'm not going near that. Wait, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just like, don't make eye contact. <laughs> like, just that whole, that whole nine yards um, 
but I was lucky that I had a couple of PTs at the time who kind of took me under their wing and was like, in a nice way, like, Ellen, you work here, we can't have you doing what you're doing. Like, (laughs) like, it could have, I can look back at that, like, and maybe see it in a more, like, negative light, but at the time, I, it was positive because, like, it, they were just like, let me, let me donate my time to you to show you how to exercise in a gym, which no one had really, I hadn't even, I had never done before. Yeah, it's quite different to like what you do in the typical netball training, especially yes. back then. I imagine now. Now there'll be much more. Get channeled through a gym program. Yes, but, but yeah, at, at the time I was training, there was like no like weights based strength and conditioning yeah, program just, attached to what I was you doing. Netball. You play more, <laughs> play more netball, and the conditioning, the strength conditioning element elements were very body weight orientated. You could right. do it all like down at the courts. Right, right, right. Or it would be like using heavy balls to yep. throw, like mm. rather than using like standard sized oh, like yeah. nipple weights and things. Um yeah. So where am I so up to in this long winded? Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank donated you. time. Yeah, donated nice. time, which made me go, maybe I'll do something in health and fitness, which made me reassess my kind of gym like not gym, um, like university options, which is when I selected exercise physiology. And when I started EP, I was like, oh, I want to be in front of people now. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to become a PT so I can start learning to be in front of people while I study, which was a great decision for me. But I was definitely very much, I'd kind of grown up in the, in the gym, you know, I had the predisposition of being in it, having an athletic background. I was very weight centric, like in everything that I was doing. I've definitely caused harm in my time. I have, when I think now about all the people that we forget, the people who don't come back, the people who don't show up and we just go, well, that's on them. They're not strong enough. They don't have willpower, like whatever it is. I look back at how many people I know I've done a real oh. disservice to in my time. Can I um, say you're in good company? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened um, to them? Oh, didn't come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It doesn't feel good. But, it doesn't. You know, but I remember being at a um, dietitian's meeting up when I was living up in the Hunter Valley, and uh, one of the dietitians there, she was sort of, sort of not complain, but sort of talking about how the struggles that she was having and how, you know, people leave feeling worse than they did when they came in the door. Mm. And she was just sort of like almost blaming them. And I'm like, that's on you. Like, yeah. it doesn't have to be <laughs> the situation. What are you doing? Yeah. And they say that and they don't come back. And there was just no sort of reflection that maybe like the conversation is between two people. Yeah. Um, and that yeah. The, we have so much of the responsibility for that being a positive interaction and for that being sort of encouraging and inspiring as opposed to like what you were saying with the sales team yeah. of using motivational interviewing in, to actually make people feel worse about themselves yeah. to try to bully them into signing up for something. Yeah. No one feels good. No one after feels that. good. No. Um, and, you know, they sign up and then they go once or twice and yeah. never see them again. But and the industry does, for, I think, rely on that. Yeah. I think it might. Because if every member turned up, you'd be stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> there is no space Oh, my God, they're all here. Quick, shut the door. Oh. <laughs> anyway, sorry, that was a bit of a... No, no, I love... A, I a love tangent. No, I, as you probably know if you listen to my podcast, yeah. I love a tangent. Anyone <laughs> so. listening to this is expecting tangents. Yeah. It's fine. Um... And then, like, as a piece to this, I know this is all probably information that no one needs, but um, I I had a lot of predisposing factors to potentially developing an eating disorder before I entered the 
like uh, the actually working right. in a gym. And if you think that you feel the the weight of you know um, diet culture and the pressure of weight loss just walking in and out of a gym, mm-hmm. just imagine working if you're working there twenty four seven and you're just in that culture all the time. Mm. And when you're a staff member in a gym, people also feel the need to comment on your appearance Goodness. all the oh, time, wow. um, and mostly members. It's really quite. It was really very difficult. Like, I would have people be like, you have a gym right next to you. Why do you look this way? Oh, um, wow. Yeah, it was, it yeah. was, there was many very horrific things that were said. Yeah. And on top of that, um, I had this image in my mind of, like, I'm going to become a PT and, you know, it's like my business is my, is uh, my body. My body is my oh. business card. Yeah, yes. it's like I was oh. like I have to look a certain yeah. way, yeah. otherwise people won't buy from totally. me. And yeah. that's real. Like that is a yeah. real yeah, yeah, thing yeah, in yeah. the fitness industry. Yeah. Um, I think it's in, in dietetics as well. I remember we – and we might have mentioned this on the podcast before when I had the – private practice dietitian come to talk to us about being private practice um she basically just said no one will refer to you yeah. if you're in large body yeah use those words. um Fuck. and there were people sitting mm. in that room like dietitian but not many unfortunately um mm. but who i'm like hang on a minute we're all just been taught the same stuff yeah like, we all have the same knowledge um it was awful yeah mm. that's yeah. It's really bad. But it I imagine really it's way, it would be way but worse also, in the future. But also, we don't industry. have to wear lycra. That's true. I mean, you don't have to wear lycra, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. But yeah, like you're right up close yeah. in a gym. Yeah. Like and it's like. funny, it's like, you know, I don't necessarily want to talk about sizing, but I look back at photos of myself then. Mm. Um, and, you know, I am in a lot, I'm not, I don't count myself as being in a big body, but I was like, Small. Size, very straight size, very typical, very just like it actually makes me sad when I look mm. at images of myself and I'm like, wow, I was so discontent with my mm. appearance that I yeah. felt like people would look at me and judge me mm. for the way that I looked. And I just looked like a string bean netball player, like not, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah, it yeah. wasn't, it. I didn't really have that much like muscle on me or yeah. whatever. I was just like at that stage at least. And like you um, say, like having that, like the, there's not many people who end up playing sport at a really high level. Mm. Like, so that's a particular set of like genetics, but also like mental characteristics so mm. who can push through who can like like you know delay gratification yes. do all the, like you say that's like the perfect storm for developing disordered eating as yeah. well mm. it's the perfect oh. and, I, and I had already like some level of disordered eating before yeah, going into the gym right. and I I'm a very big believer that it wouldn't have gotten to the level it, right. that it had yeah, if I had never been in the, the gym yeah. Yeah, yeah um so I developed like a pretty f- pretty full-blown eating disorder over a period of about two years and it's hard when all like you know we talk again culturally about Mm. how you know we normalize all these things about eating and exercise that are actually disordered well in Mm. a gym it's really it's it's next level to the point where I I told someone at the gym what was happening with me and they just told me that was normal. Oh. So just because normal doesn't mean yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't encourage me to see a GP mm. or a doctor or to seek any kind of help from yeah. any extent or to tell family or to tell friends like it was just like yeah. more yeah, or less like get over it. 
I remember yeah. being at a course. Um, actually, I think you were there too, um, run by Shane Jeffrey, who's a sports dietitian who works in eating disorders. Um, and it was a mixed group of people and sort of going around. And one of the ladies there, she goes, oh, I, I, I work in a gym, but I, I don't work with people with eating disorders. I work in a gym. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. And that actually got a response. I was like, glad you're here. <laughs> You need to be here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, anyway, let's. You might pick up something yeah. that might be useful. That yeah. actually, maybe you're surrounded by it. <laughs> and, but that's the thing; it is, they would potentially stop seeing it because it's so normalised. Yeah, and, and everyone's of you're doing counting it. this, and you're weighing that, and yes. you're yes. restricting yes. this. Yes. And you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. That and that. yeah. And that's the thing. Like with those sort of, sort of, sort of on the edge of is it a diagnosis or not? If Where's, in a way, where's the dysfunction if it doesn't impact your ability to socialise and your way of connecting with people because everyone's doing it. Yes. Mm, like, yeah. you know, if everyone's orthorexic, no one's orthorexic. Mm. Like, you can't see it. Yes, it's true. You can't yeah. because yeah. it's just so... The only thing you could see, obviously, and it was really mm. interesting, you know, looking back at this now is... I remember trainers pointing out being like, oh, look at that chick, they're clearly anorexic, like, oh, on the treadmill. Wow. So yeah. And it's cool. interesting, it's interesting retrospectively for me to be like, oh, that's interesting, because just for many, many different yeah. le- levels, but you obviously are aware that eating disorders are a thing, Yeah. but you're obviously very much thinking that it's just about the way you look yes. and, if, and being in a small body. And if you're in a tiny body, then yeah. you're yeah. ill. But if you're trying to get really muscular or you're mm. in a larger body, yeah. then you can't have an eating yeah. disorder. Or at least stress is and the, the same, if not worse. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, horrendous. Yeah. yeah. So that's the, the that's the backstory, and yeah, so you can yeah. may may or not see where this is going. Um, I was very lucky. I unfortunately had some bad experiences that um, prolonged me finding care that was mm. adequate. I mean, a lot of people have issues with finding adequate care. Um, so I had a couple of bad run-ins with some GPs who were like, you don't look like you have an eating disorder. Even though, again, I was like maybe a, a size 14 at most. Yeah, um, and yeah. it's like, and it just, again, just a thing to reflect on. It's like, I feel so angry now because it's like, if I couldn't get someone to take mm. me seriously and I was that size, what chance yes. do people in larger yeah. bodies have yep. to receive any kind of validation of their struggles. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just, yeah, it makes me really <laughs> angry. How did, you know? How did you know you weren't okay? Oh, that's a very deep question. Yeah. <laughs> well, were you having, like, were you a bit faint? Were you, like, well, I knew because I, um, I was... Uh, uncontrollably binge purging right. so I had very a very clear indicator yep. to me yep. that yep. Yep. something was really wrong yeah. it wasn't like a um it wasn't like a non-specified kind yeah, of yeah. thing right. yeah. It, yeah, it, yeah it was very yeah. very real and to me so GP should be cut and dry yeah and yeah I was like this is what's happening this is not subjective. <laughs> yeah oh, yeah <laughs> and I was like oh, I can't gosh. leave the house like yeah. you know it's just it, it got the pretty stress is huge yeah, yeah yeah and I had I mean um you guys might already be aware of this if you listen to the pod, but I have bipolar and my bipolar was undiagnosed at that time. So I think that there was also a large component of, 
you know, me coping with my mood state, Mm. with my eating behaviours, and particularly the binge purging element for sure was definitely a a coping mechanism to the the way that I was feeling internally. Started off as as it does for a lot of people, started off about food. Very quickly had nothing not too much to do with food. Um but when I actually found a good psychologist, shout out to Sarah. Excellent. Sadly, Sarah's an island now, so I can't refer people to her. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, it was one of those things where I sat in the room with her for the first time and I just knew it was different and I knew it was going to be, like, not okay, but I had hope. It was one of those things for the first time I had hope. I'm not going to get dismissed. I'm not going to be just told. Oh, well, try harder. Yes, exactly. And she, I hadn't ever seen a dietitian specifically, and I was really, as, again, a lot of people are, was really um, adverse to seeing a dietitian because I'm like, I know so much about food. What can a dietitian teach me? Exactly. And the dietitian I saw, Susan, funnily enough, um, she... Hashtag not all Susan. Yeah. (laughs) Yay, Susan. (laughs) Uh, She also, um, she changed my life because she really made me feel, she was the first person who made me feel like the eating disorder wasn't necessarily me. Um, And she really did it in the most beautiful like holding that space it just makes me feel like like well just thinking about it because I had lost all of myself and she sort of I remember it wasn't exactly this but she said something along the lines of like you know this has taken everything that you have and you don't have anything left like no wonder you don't want to be here anymore like and it was just I was just like, yeah, like this is this is messed up, but I'd never been able to see that as being a separate a separate thing or potentially a separate thing from yes. me. And that gift that she gave me in that was something that helped me so tremendously just from the start. So um, to to finally kind of answer the final question, <laughs> um, basically, I I it was all a bit challenging because I was still in the gym setting while I was trying to recover. Um, And I, I was noticing basically what I say now was like parts of my eating disorder in other people. Like I was going through eating disorder recovery and learning new things and learning new perspectives. And I was like, wait a second, but I'm doing this here with my clients and I'm seeing, and I'm noticing these things in the way that they're talking And I just had this kind of moment of, this is really fucked up. Everyone is on the same trajectory as me. Everyone, yeah, it's everywhere. And I could be the person who sends this person further off the edge or I could try and hold them at least where they are right now. Um, And that kind of became my, my mission. At the time, I didn't know anything about, like, weight inclusive yeah. practice yeah, or yeah. haze or anything like that. Um, I was just like, I need to try and have real conversations with with people and try and help add um, supportive supportive yeah. elements yeah. and not and just that narrative and of, change. You're not trying hard enough. This is on exactly you. there's yes. something wrong with you. Yes, like yeah. just changing that Prevention. to yeah. yeah, and not also just and also just asking questions rather than jumping on people being like, yeah, I want to lose ten kilos weight loss, and it's like, okay, yeah, cool, like let's make a plan. Yeah. It's like, well. 
why do you want to lose yeah. weight? Like, let's just ask, let's just ask some questions here. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe let's also just ask and screen for some basic disordered eating questions. Like, Radical. you know, I know yeah. it's very crazy. <laughs> like, like, have you yes. dieted on and off? Like, what is your dieting history? Yeah. Tell me about your dieting history. Yeah. Have you tried this before? If so, how did it end for yeah. you? Like, yeah. it's... Um, and there's, like, really easy, simple tools for that now, yes. which have been around for quite a long time. Like, the scoff tool is not yep. new. Yes. And anyone can do it. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah for sure. I do get sort of astounded that it's almost not standard practice in these yeah. high-risk areas. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. again, what you're saying, I guess, the denial of actually... And we I open think, up that wormhole. I think the other thing is that we think we can see mm, an eating yeah. disorder. Like, yeah. and if, you know, when we know about, like, the prevalence of things like binge eating disorder in comparison to, you know, anorexia nervosa, but in comparison then to stereotypical, yeah. what everyone tends to think of as anorexia, like, that it's is the percentage. very mm. tiny, tiny percentage. So you could be tricked into thinking, well... Never see that. Yeah. So I never see anything. Oh, it was so wrong. Mm-hmm. So wrong. That's a, as generous an assumption as I can come up with. <laughs> no, I think I think it's the most generosity you should get. Yeah, well, okay. So, <laughs> so that's the basic. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. Um, not an, I was going to say too, not an uncommon no. story for someone who works in a weight inclusive or health at every size space. It is so often yeah. via eating disorder yeah. recovery. Which yeah. Yeah. Sure you have to see the world in your life, <laughs> other than this. But yeah. So, well, that's all happening in the back. Well, it's not in the background. So in the background is you studying your degree. Yeah. <laughs> so how was the? So you talked about like the gym area was really really difficult. Yeah. Which is completely understandable. How about sort of exercise physiology as a degree? So I have like through two and a half years of an exercise science degree. Mm-hmm. I was doing it combined at first, but it was before I had any sort of real good knowledge around mm. weight stigma, weight mm. bias, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. So I don't remember those exercise prescription and functional anatomy courses being really, really weight biased, but mm-hmm. I don't know. This was a long, this was 25 yeah, years ago. Yeah. So how, I guess, how is study, um, how is like the, the courses, particularly that uni level course of exercise physiology, was that helpful? Was it harmful? Like how was mm. that? Well, I think, I think I'll start off by saying is I loved being, I'm very passionate and I, I, I loved studying. Like mm. I loved being at uni. I loved learning. I loved asking questions. Like it was definitely, um, it was definitely a very, I don't know, foundational, like, period of my life. When I look back in terms of, like, weight bias and stuff, I think that the weight bias is is more uh, innate but not as intense as I think it, it would be in dietetics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because EP is very much, like, exercise management for chronic disease Mm. there's a lot of chronic diseases to cover there's a lot of pathology to cover there's a lot of anatomy to cover that doesn't have anything to do with size yeah now um are we taught that we should be weighing everyone are we taught bmi are we taught waist circumferences and we should do all these things yeah exactly (laughs) these things that have nothing to do with size we (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah we need to weigh everyone and tell everyone their bmi like for some reason Uh, but um 
so that was definitely a thing. Um, and there was definitely obviously uh, use of the like words like overweight and obese and morbidly obese. That's definitely yeah, all in the yeah. in the in the zeitgeist. But there wasn't. I was actually very. It's, I think it's actually really good retrospectively when I look back that there wasn't ever any direct subject which was like exercise weight loss. Yeah, right. right. You your know? job wasn't. You, you yes, were, you weren't coming out the other end. Yes, being told your job is to help large people become small people. Yes, which is really, mm. which I'm really happy about. But also, but also the evidence would support that stance yeah. because exercise is not a good weight loss tool. Um, and everyone, I mean, I know at university as well, I had like a big discussion. I've had discussions with lecturers there post then. They all agree, which is like it's a bad, it's not a good weight yes. loss tool um, for many different, many different reasons, which could be have a whole, a whole podcast on. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there wasn't ever that pressure of like my role is this. Mm. Um, so I never, I never really felt I felt it as a PT, funnily enough. Definitely felt it as a PT, that very innate pressure to provide weight loss. But I didn't feel it as an EP as much. I felt it from GPs, which was weird because we didn't get taught how to do this, you know, fable thing. But then if you're working in a standard, you know, EP clinic or, you know, with physios and EPs and whatever you're always going to be asked yeah. to provide weight loss in that yes. context. Yeah. Um, so it's it's interesting. And always if the person has some kind of um, other medical condition. So it might be... Those, um, those med- I don't know, maybe they still have them, the Medicare item numbers for the type 2 diabetes. And they were uh, EP mm, yes. sort of run, Group. right? Yes. And I would imagine like a lot yes, of pressure. They way. would be, yeah, for sure. Ooh. Like, yeah, so... I'm very lucky that I don't have to be in that world yeah. anymore. Um, but there is definitely pressure medically for EPs to be providing weight loss. Yeah. yeah. But not so much from what we were taught at uni. Yeah, mm. isn't that just, yeah, it's so persistent, mm. the myth. Yes. <sighs> Even though, as you say, the evidence, like, doesn't come through a uni course because it's an evidence-based course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then to personal trainers, like, um, again, in our chat with um, Shelley, she remembers, like, took that girl in the course just absolutely flabbergasted at the idea like well what do you why would you do exercise if it's not weight loss i couldn't what are you doing not, what are you, what, how would you feel just 45 gentle, how would you feel 45 minute session are you if just you're not doing like gentle, weight? are you just doing <laughs> Sorry. Like gentle stretches and going for a walk yeah <laughs> oh my goodness yeah. just like again that i think because it was culturally <clears> done <throat> was so strong of yeah food weight and exercise is like completely linked and you can never ever think of them as separate yeah. And um, you should like none of it. You shouldn't be liking your food and you definitely won't like your exercise, but that's okay because you'll be hot. <laughs> As we define hot oh, right now. Yeah. <laughs> Which will change through the ages. Definitely. Actually, probably by next Tuesday. <laughs> so what sort of people come to you now? So in this context, in particular, I guess working in this beautiful space oh, of yeah. so really with, you know, very um, body positive psychologists and GP and all sorts of wonderful healthcare um who do, who like who who's your idea who are your who people you, who are yeah. your people and yeah. who do you help yeah um I think I just like to say first and foremost that a variety of people see me but I've geared my business towards size diversity I think that Mm. there is a very big difference between saying you're included here and I made this for you and I want to say to 
like people in larger bodies like I made this for you you're my intended audience mm. even though I don't that's not you don't own. have a minimum cut off yeah <laughs> yeah I don't I don't use a BMI cut off yeah <laughs> yeah exactly sorry <laughs> um, yeah so there I've I've tried my hardest to be uh, create the accommodations required and to be as thoughtful as possible mm. um around what can be more supportive of people in larger bodies. Um, so I, I just want to kind of put that out there yeah. mm. to start off with. Um, and then underneath that, I would say that the umbrella kind of people that I work with are people who are looking to rebuild their relationship with exercise. Yeah. Yes. And often, and this is a gross simplification, <laughs> um, but often I find these this falls into two categories for me. It's people who are overly engaged in movement mm. And people who are avoiding it yeah. for many different reasons. Yeah. And when people are avoiding it, it's often for very, very good reasons. Yes. I'd like to say that mm-hmm. avoiding movement doesn't come with any judgment. Movement is a very traumatic experience for many different mm. people. Um, and then inside of that, <laughs> Keep going, yeah. <laughs> That could then look like working with people, and all, and these, and it, even though these, I'm very mindful of talking about conditions because I don't, I don't work with conditions. I work with yes. humans, mm. um, but these humans who are trying to navigate a more healthy relationship with movement might be also navigating an eating disorder mm. or complex chronic pain yeah. or. Um, different trying to get back to their activities of living or trying to get back to things that they love Mm. or managing various chronic diseases or complex psychological conditions or whatever and so um and I also have a high population of like neurodiverse people as well who have their own because of the way that their neurotype works Mm. neurotypical the neurotypical presentation of what exercise should be and how we should engage in exercise really doesn't suit them and it's really harmful and damaging um and so trying to help them navigate movement in a way that allows them to actually work with their neurotype rather than against their neurotype yeah because i imagine and again this will be a small slice of that but I just know that often I've worked with clients who have developed a, an injury and because they're told by their doctors you need to lose weight you need to lose weight you need to lose weight, to lose yeah. weight yeah. instead of stopping resting getting good physio or getting good exercise physiology mm. they just keep going on the sore leg or the sore yeah. foot or the whatever um turning what could have potentially been an acute issue into a chronic issue yeah. and then on it goes so is again that sort of people if they're like wanting to recover from any like a specific overuse injury or for yeah. injury and yeah. get like a safe rebuild back to movement. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um. And and that's a really important piece as well. Like often, you know, if you have some kind of chronic pain or chronic injury, um, you have to you you, you rest for a certain period of time or you push through like too much than the tissue can handle and then you decondition as a result. Mm. I think it's interesting to always remember that too much stimulus also causes damage. So it's not the case that you can just keep, if you just Mm. keep going on a tissue, it will just get better (laughs) (laughs) because the stimulus is too high. (laughs) So it, it, it needs it needs time, but it, you can kind of it's end up... It's a low level yes. of loading. Yes, yeah, and you need to... Your body will end up deconditioning over time. So you need to then find what the small steps are between 
what where you are now is and what you want to get back to Mm. and that's the space that I work really well in with people as well figuring out what those steps are because often people um can't and often medical advice as well is not helpful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or it's just like go for walks for some reason, even though the person wants to go back to like, I don't know, roller derby or it's like, this is not helpful. Like this is not specific to the requirements of the activity. Yeah. Yeah. What? Sorry? Do you think perhaps you should be more specific? Or I think the classic one that without asking any um, actual dietary questions, eat less takeaway. Yeah. <laughs> Cut out cheese. <laughs> I don't eat cheese. Oh, never. I definitely don't eat cheese. Oh, yes, I do eat cheese. If someone told me that, I'm like, I'm yeah. never speaking to you again. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that kind That's of so funny. It's really in my life. But, yeah, the, the same sort of stuff surrounds food and movement. And so often, I, I mean, I think often the actual doing isn't the issue. It's how. Mm. How do I get there? Like, mm. and, you know, I... I working with clients often they'll remember like the last level of movement that they were at mm. and it was when they were like really active and they were running regularly and you're like well, that was mm. that was six years ago yeah i remember mm. a client saying um, an older gentleman saying something about he really liked horse riding and his wife just went what <laughs> <laughs> and she was just like you've never done that since i've known you so i think like we have like all our mm. stories about like the way our life is and yeah yeah just to have a non-judgmental space a, a place where you can be sort of all right open and curious and like what is it you actually want to do yeah yeah and why yeah yeah and why? i think by having a you know professional there to say this is the level i think you should be working at it can help people who feel like go out or go home yeah. like if i'm if not it only matters if i'm killing myself it only yes. matters if i'm like yeah. really like yes 100 leaving it all on the pitch <laughs> yeah. yeah so i think that's why it can be so helpful of to have it quite does it how prescriptive do you get like is it quite prescriptive to keep people at that level or is it a little um that's a great question i just remember that one of my subjects in this was exercise prescription yes yes i know i know i don't like the word exercise prescription for the record (laughs) because it places me as the expert and i don't Mm, like it i don't like the sense that a lot of people get when they go to a physio or an ep and they get given exercises and they can't do them Mm. and it's like oh the ep or the physio gave these to me and i can't do them so i'm the problem and i'm like i want to remove myself from that as much as possible um so often the conversations are more like um this is a very this i wouldn't actually really speak like this to someone but this is just for the sake of being short with the (laughs) podcast recording um but it's like, what is possible right now? Yeah. What is safe for you, you know? And that can look really, really different for a lot of people. Let's remove the gym and, like, cardio and strength and all of this kind of stuff. It's like, first of all, what makes you uncomfortable with mm. exercise? What are your actual barriers to movement? Let's assess those. Yeah. And just to start off with, they're not doing any of that. That is all stuff we are not doing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you can let just it let it go. go. Yeah. The shoulds. The shoulds. Because it's not helpful. Um, people are just constantly, um, you know, hitting themselves over with multiple sticks twenty four seven. I'm sure yes. they're doing that in 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 eating as well. Yes. Um, and so I, I like to try and assess barriers. Say 
we're not doing any of that. How does that make you feel? And most people have this whole oh. sigh of relief of yes. exactly that. <laughs> oh, I didn't realise that was an option. Yes. Yeah. And this is the... Can I swear? Yeah, like, yeah we already have, so we're okay. going to I'll try and hold back. This, this, is, um, this is the problem. We create so many expectations for people with exercise that it's impossible for uh-huh. 95% yeah. of the people to start. Yeah. Yes. And that's the problem. And that's the issue with prescription because when we go in, unfortunately as well, if you're a personal, not unfortunately, but if you're a personal trainer, an EP or a physio, for example, you likely are quite physically active. Mm. Yes. You likely have a lot of privilege in your life that has allowed you to move quite mm-hmm. successfully. So you then project that on every single other person you yeah. see and you go, well, I can do this, so so can you. Yeah. And that is a big, big, big mistake. Yes. Um, and, yeah, so I've got a huge problem with that. So once once the barriers and all that are gone, then it's like what actually feels possible for yeah. you? Mm. Like what is achievable right now and also what feels safe because – for a lot of people, so reapproaching movement doesn't feel safe. And for some people, that's, for example, you know, one-on-one movement with me and us exploring. Um, I often say to people that I value discussion in exercise because if you have this whole bag of history with exercise, mm-hmm. if we don't discuss it as it comes up as you yes. move your body, and it will then we're not really moving forward. We're not going anywhere helpful because we're just going to stay in where you've been this whole time. And so often the one-on-one sessions end up being a combination of trying to find movement that is a safe baseline for them and then also exploring the emotions that inevitably come up during during that movement. So for some people it's that. And then for some people it's doing stuff outside of, exploring stuff outside of session um, or choosing some things to explore, and then us coming back and having check-ins. Like, mm. how did that go? What was that experience like? But also through that process, making sure that it's really, really stressed that this is an arbitrary starting point. Mm. This does not matter. We've just randomly selected it. It has no merit or value on who yes. you are. Yeah. Um, so if, if we found the sweet yeah. spot, great. If we haven't, we'll try something else. Exactly. Like I would you be. Are not the yeah, I would, I would be more happy if you came back to me and you told me, Ellen, I didn't do any any intentional movement between now and last time I saw you because I didn't feel like it. Great. You know what? The plan is wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's I was really say, important. There's so many, Similar, so many yeah. similarities. It's like, right, like, if we start with this <laughs> and none of it works, it's fine, throw it we out. We know that now. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, let's go. Great. Sweet. We know that that's not, it's right. Just not the right strategy. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I remember um, just thinking, doing a yoga retreat with. Sarah Harry and Diane Bondi. Oh yes, yeah. Years ago, and they were setting up their yoga mats, and they had all of the props, you know, the bolsters and the, and everyone wanted to do a particular movement. And I think it's Diane. She got like the blocks. You just hold the blocks, and they're like your arm extensions, and then you can do this thing, you know, and then you can jump forward. And people were like, "Oh, mm. I didn't like. I didn't know that that was allowed." Yeah. And she's just like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you could make adjustments for your own body. Oh, like, you know, and creating space for the front of your body. And the number of times where people are like, oh, like, yeah. I just didn't know you could, like, do that. Mm. And I think she was just like, 
what? <laughs> like, surely this is not surprising to you. Yeah. Like, surely you must hear this all the time. But yeah, like, we just make it for, I mean, who is ex exercising in all the air quotes? Like, who have we made it for? Mm. You know, like a very narrow range of people, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, so do you think it's getting, I mean, it sounds like exercise physiology as a whole, um, perhaps is a lesser harmful one, perhaps personal training or dietetics. Yeah. Um, well, but do you feel like it's getting like better, like in your 10 years in the fitness industry, like I know it's been all shapes and sizes, <laughs> um, do you feel there's been, there is shifts? Like I've just noticed, so um, my husband uses the Apple Fit um, stuff, I don't know if you've had a look into it, and it's getting really great diverse bodies oh, right. it's getting really um yeah like i've noticed just in the last two in the last 12 months a massive shift in just who the trainers are and what the how they're talking and it like but they're not using um modifications they use like that as a like a negative right. um as if that's the level you need to work at today so like they're obviously getting some help and i was like wow okay that's really significant that's cool um do you think that's happening in mm. The broader picture. Broader, yeah, it's it's difficult to say because mm. I am in like my own sort of bubble. Mm -hmm. What I will say is that EP, like in the in the size inclusive space, is nowhere near as developed as dietetics is. Right. You've got anti diet dietitians bloody everywhere. <laughs> Literally, like I can't avoid them these days. Should Not that I'm trying them? to. <laughs> Like it's it's great. It's I it's sat down. Yeah. Went, Why should we talk to you? <laughs> but there is nowhere near that for EP. Yeah. So yes. I would say that the other thing, the what I would say though is I think that there is people are becoming maybe more open to hearing a certain perspective. Um, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, people are getting more open to hearing a new perspective. I have. There are some people, for example, who I talk to who aren't necessarily in my camp who um, who are either like, oh, you know, fat people are disgusting. Like you can't mm -hmm. ra rationalise with those people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But often I do get people who are curious. Like I've noticed more curiosity yes. maybe is the better word to go, mm. oh, I haven't thought about it from this perspective right. before. Or... Oh, I still think that, you know, people like that people in larger bodies need to lose weight and should lose weight. Mm. But maybe I could think about the way that I talk about it or go about it with them yeah. or the language that I use or whatever. So there are some, I think, some shifts there, but it's hard to tell more broadly speaking because there's... <laughs> That's really harmful because <laughs> yeah. you don't want to be hanging out with it all the yes. time if it's constantly yes. sort of yeah. white-anting. And then back. particularly like in the ED space, there's like six EPs in, in Australia that wow. kind of do actually like specialise in that care. Okay, so it's, many. there's not many. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, that is probably the, where the, most of the dietitians hang out. Mm. The non-diet and anti-diet mm. dietitians have come from, I think, that eating disorder space. Mm. But we were talking earlier, we're like, what are they, like 50, 60? How many in Australia? Mm. And there's like 8,000 dietitians. So yeah. yeah. It does feel like we're everywhere, but... 
Maybe not. <laughs> Again, maybe it's, maybe the it's just the bubble yeah, where yeah, I'm just yeah. like, oh my gosh, they're everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had a psychologist friend once say to me, oh my gosh, dietitians are so nice. You're all so nice to each other. I was like, what? Really? <laughs> okay. So I was trying to get her to do a talk about sort of, you know, PTSD after all the bushfires or something. She goes, oh no, I couldn't. I couldn't do that. Like, you don't know what psychologists are like. They'll just tear me down. I was like, oh, mm. I thought they were really nice. <laughs> it's, it's the bubble. It's, it's the bubble. It's yeah. the bubble. So thank you so much for talking to us. It's been lovely. Um, we always like to finish um, with a question, which I guess you've probably touched on, but that's right. I'm going to ask you anyway. Um, about what, I guess, what are you hoping? What's your hope for the future in this space where you're not specifically this physical space you're working, but in, mm-hmm. you know, I guess, weight inclusive, size inclusive, accessible exercise physiology <laughs> or yeah. exercise physiology in general. What's your, what's your hope for the future? Um, my, I think my baseline hope is that just at a baseline, if people can stop walking into professionals and walking out with more problems, mm. that would be a great place to start. Because I'm not going to say that, you know, you know, weight loss and all that kind of stuff is not going to get eradicated or weight stigma or fat phobia. That's not happening anytime soon, sadly. I wish I could just, you know, magic wand wand away it. But if we could stop adding additional harm, (laughs) (laughs) that would be really good. Absolutely. I think we feel that so often. Like you've been working with a good psychologist and you're working with someone. It's all like, you know, getting some progress. It's been hard yards. And it's a throwaway comment from a doctor. Yeah. You have to go to the psychiatrist and get the review and the psychiatrist makes some... Endocrinologist. Yeah. And you just... (laughs) (laughs) And that's exactly it. Can we not add to the pain and suffering, please? Yes. Can we not create more problems um, when we're supposed to be helping? Yeah. Lovely. Well, thanks again um, for talking to us. And we will... Oh, where can people find you? Yeah. You should probably do that. (laughs) people find you are you just physical space do you have an online anything um, online Watch. yeah so i mean in terms of like where people could like see me or where people could find me both. or both okay so <laughs> i'll start with finding um so i have two instagrams my business's instagram is your.movement.space and then my sort of like personal EP thing. I don't even know what it is anymore. Um, <laughs> it's got other content on it. If you want to see rabbits as well, they're there, um, which is ellen.masson underscore EP. Uh, and then um, if you want to look at my website, it's yourmovementspace.com.au. If you're interested um, in reaching out at all, you can do so over Instagram or you can do so through that um that website i have options for like face-to-face and telehealth services oh, if people cool. are yeah. not right. in sydney in area, or in totally. yes, yes in the area which is most people cool. we'll, we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll put all those links um in the show notes anyway Excellent. so that sounds good Excellent. Well, thank you again no and um, we will see you around yay bye